All right, well, this week we are beginning our season of Advent. This weekend we're kicking off Advent, and it's pretty wild to think about that we're actually at the end of this year. It's been a wild, crazy, really hard year for us. And we're stepping into a season where we really are reflecting on our place in God's story. We're in the in-between. If you've heard this language of the already, not yet, we live in between Christ's first advent and his second advent. And this marks our experience as Christians. And it's a time when we really reflect on our identity as a people waiting longing for the return of Christ. And so when we talk about Advent at Mosaic, we like to say that the Advent is the church's remembrance and rehearsal of a world waiting for a Savior. It's a time where we really try and embrace this experience of waiting and longing and expecting the return of Jesus. And I cannot think of a better year to lean into Advent than 2020. This year has been marked by more pain, more loss, more disease than many of us have ever experienced in our lives. And the temptation is going to be to race through December and to get to 2021, to get to Christmas and to get to 2021. But let me encourage you, that there is a lot of significance and a lot of goodness in us slowing down and reflecting on our place in God's story, especially in light of all that we have experienced in 2020. That we want to feel the weight of 2020 and use it as a way to cultivate this desire for the return of Jesus. Because the reality is we don't need 2021. We need the return of Jesus. So we're going to look at a passage, John 1, uh, this today. And so if you want to turn there and uh, flip there, um, we're going to look to John 1 to kick us off in this Advent season. And John 1 has been, it's really famous and, and profound passage because in John 1, we have some of the most profound truths about who Jesus is. And it's really, really significant. As John begins his gospel, he introduces Jesus as the Word, the Word of God. And we're introduced to this character in John's gospel called the Word of God. And we're also going to see in John 1 that there's a battle, there's a conflict between light and darkness. And some accept the light of Jesus, and they are given the right to become children of God, but some reject. The darkness uh, rejects the light. And so there's this battle, and then there's this acceptance and rejection. And so let's look at John 1. Let's read our passage uh, this morning. John 1, starting in verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. 
He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Let me pray over our time as we look at John 1. Father, we pause and we ask that you would anoint us with your presence in the person and work of the Holy Spirit. As we look to the word, as we consider this season of Advent that we're stepping into, would you guide us? Would you help us? Would you challenge us and encourage us? We need you, Spirit. Father, we love you, and we pray that you would help us be a people that are marked by the grace and mercies of Jesus. And I pray in his name. Amen. Five years ago, a young man named Dylan uh, went to a Bible study at a historic church in Charleston, South Carolina. It was Emmanuel African Methodist Episcopal Church in Charleston, a really historic church. And Dylan went uh, to this Bible study in the basement. And about halfway through the Bible study, Dylan began to open fire on those that were attending the Bible study. And it was a horrific, terrible crime, a crime of violence, a crime of destruction and hate. But something really powerful happened at uh, Dylan's court proceedings. As the judge began to pronounce the uh, sentence on Dylan, some of the family members and loved ones of the victims were able to speak to Dylan directly. And it was over a video feed. And it's astonishing if you listen to the comments made by these family members and loved ones. And they all take on this same tone. They speak to the pain and the sorrow and the grief that they've experienced. One woman said, I have never felt so much sorrow. My life will never be the same. And each one said, but I forgive you. And story after story, testimony after testimony of forgiveness. And one woman said, she said this, we, our church community, are the family that love built. And so we have no room for hate. So we must forgive. Powerful story. And all of a sudden, there was news stories after news stories talking about what they had just witnessed. That this community who had experienced such a violent, hateful crime was forgiving this young man. And everyone was wondering how. How could this community, in the face of hate, in the face of violence, how could this community forgive? And it's a great example of how the light of Christ shines in the darkness. And we see stories like this of the people of God carrying the light of Christ into a dark world. And as we kick off and begin this season of Advent and try and embrace our experience as a people waiting for a Savior, John 1 is going to help us in giving us a calling. John 1 is going to tell us what is our calling as a people in waiting, as a people in longing. And it is a people 
who are engaging a dark world with light. We are to be marked as a people that are engaging and facing the darkness with the light of Jesus. And as we look in John 1, what we're going to find is our source of this light that we carry into a dark world is the Word. The Word of God. This heroic expression of Jesus in the beginning of John's Gospel that our source, the source of our testimony, the source of our light is Christ Himself. But there's also a battle. There's a conflict between light and darkness. We're going to see this in our passage. And what we're going to find is that our challenge as we try and live out this calling to be a people facing the darkness is really the challenge is just facing the darkness of the world. Because it's nasty. And it's thick. And it's evil. And it's hard to look. It's hard to feel it. It's hard to engage it. But what we're called to is to be a people that carry the light of Jesus into a dark world. And we're strengthened by one another and by the strength of the Word. And so let's look at the source of our light, which is this Word of God that John introduces us to in John 1. John begins his gospel in a unique way. Uh, That's very, very clear. If you read the other Gospels, John's stands unique. It's different. And what he's doing is he's really just trying to introduce us to the characters on the stage. He's trying to introduce us to some themes. He's, He's making his introduction to this Gospel. And there's a phrase right at the beginning of his introduction, in the beginning. And this phrase is significant because our minds should go back to Genesis 1. It really functions like a hyperlink that sends us back to Genesis 1. And what John is doing is he's helping us recognize that this Word, the Word of God, is actually the Creator God. It's so significant what he's helping us understand that the Word in Genesis 1, as God creates the world and speaks, and things come into being, what we learn in John 1, 1, the first verse in this gospel, is that this word of God, this Jesus, was actually the agent of creation back in Genesis 1. And this is so significant. And what we begin to see right out of the gate in looking at this introduction is that this word of God is significant, important, to the story of God. He's powerful and he is divine. One commentator writes of this first verse. He says, therefore in the gospel, what Jesus does is divine activity. When he heals or speaks, when he gives eternal life, this is God at work, just as God worked at the foundation of the world. And so what we learn in these few first few verses is that Jesus is the eternal Word of God, who is actively participating in creation, in deliverance, and in the ultimate victory over sin, death, and the devil. Jesus, the eternal Word of God, is a primary agent in God's redemptive plan. 
All through history, Jesus is a primary player in this plan. And what's more, if that isn't enough, we find that Jesus is our light. If we look at verse 4, we learn that this light we carry into a dark world is Jesus himself. John writes, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. That the very light that God's people carry into a dark world is Jesus Christ himself. And even more, that he is our victory. John uh, foreshadows the victory of Jesus in verse 5. He writes, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Has not overcome it. John foreshadows that there is this collision. There's going to be this conflict between light and darkness, but the darkness will not overcome the light. That Jesus will be victorious at the cross, the resurrection, and ultimately at his return. Our source of light that we carry into a dark world is this victorious word of God, the person of Jesus Christ. Now, I have uh, three kids at home, and one of the joys that I, I get is to put them to bed at night. And I put my two girls to bed often, and they have these little cat lamps that serve as their night lights so they can read books before they go to bed. And then these little squishy uh, night lights, and, uh, and you actually have to tap them to turn them on. And it's actually kind of therapeutic at the end of a long day. You just kind of smack that thing to turn it on. But sometimes when I go to turn them on, when I'm putting them to sleep, I'll go to turn them on and there's no, there's no power. There's no source. There's no juice is something that I like to say. There's no juice. We got to plug it in. So I go and I plug that cat lamp in so that they can have the light. And this is what we're saying with this, this, first, this first truth is that we have to be relationally connected to the word of God if we're going to be able to be a people that carry the word into a dark world, we must be connected relationally to Jesus Christ himself. And this is why we encourage Bible study. This is why we encourage gospel community and prayer. Because these are ways that we stay relationally connected to the eternal word of God. The one who created the world the one who has delivered the world through the cross and the resurrection. And we must stay in intimate fellowship and relationship with him if we are going to live out this calling we have to bring light to a dark world. Now, you might be thinking as you're hearing some of these things, you might be thinking, yeah, I hear you, but I just don't care. Um, some of us, as we heard John 1 and we heard some of the things about John 1 and what it says about the Word of God, the eternal Word of God that created the world. This is Jesus. Some of us, our hearts are stirred. Our hearts are warmed. But there are others of us that have grown cold. And we think, it's the same old thing I've heard over and over and over again. Or maybe you're there and your heart is just dry. And you, you, you long to be stirred, to be warmed, but you're in this dry season. Let me encourage you. 
It's okay to be honest about where you are. Where are you? Are you in this place of apathy? We don't believe that we don't believe in fake it till you make it. That's not something that the Christian life is about. Just fake it till you make it. No, we want to be honest about where we are with the Lord. And thinking about all that's happened in 2020, it would not surprise me if you were dry, if you have gone cold. We've been through so much. But here's what I know. At Mosaic Church, we believe that God is real, that Jesus is alive, and the Spirit of God is with us. And this means there's hope for us. There's hope for you. If you're dry, if you're cold, there is hope because God is real. Jesus is alive and the Spirit of God is with us. So go to Him. Plead with Him. Be honest with Him. If you're struggling to get to a place to where you're stirred or warmed, just be honest. Name that. Talk to someone else about that. Because I'm telling you, there's hope. Because God is real, Jesus is alive, and the Spirit is with us. And so the source of our light that we carry into a dark world is this eternal Word of God who is present in creation and who is present now in the church. And we want to stay connected to Him. We want to stir up our affection and our heart desire to live for Him in the world. And He is the light that we bring to a dark world. But there's a conflict. There's a battle. There's a challenge. We see this in the passage that there is a conflict between light and dark. The light shines in the darkness. It exposes the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. That there's a battle going on between light and dark. And the battle of darkness is to reject Jesus, to, to tear him down, to uh, assault him, to kill him. Um, and so we see this battle in the life and ministry of Jesus. And as we, our place in God's story, as we try and live out our calling to bring the light of Christ into a dark world, we have a challenge. And that challenge is to face the darkness of the world. Because it's thick. It's ugly. It's evil. And the temptation is to look away. The temptation is to disengage. But the Bible is inviting us to engage a dark world with light. And if we're going to engage a dark world with light, we're going to have to face the darkness of the world. We're going to have to be a people that look at the darkness of the world, that feel the darkness of the world, that engage it when we need to, and to bring the light of Christ to it. And there's an encouragement in this passage from the life and ministry of Jesus. Jesus is the light in verse 5 that shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And there's a promise over Jesus' life. There's a, a victorious promise over Jesus' life. And yet, Jesus still faced rejection, unbelief, and murder. 
Jesus faced the darkness and he endured the darkness because of the eternal word of God. In verse 11 speaks to his, his betrayal and his rejection from his own people. It says he came to his own and his own people did not receive him. Jesus shines brightly. He comes into the world and he shines and he exposes the darkness and he has promised victory over the darkness and yet in his life and ministry he faces the darkness. He engages the darkness and this is true of our experience as well. In the same way Jesus, the, the eternal word of God, who was the light shining in the darkness, he still had to face the darkness. He still had to face rejection, betrayal, violence, pain, sorrow. This is something that marks his ministry, and it's going to mark our ministry as well, because we live in the in-between. We live in this already, not yet. Christ has come. Our salvation has been secured in the cross and the resurrection, and yet something has been left unresolved in our experience, and we're longing, and we're waiting for a Savior. We want Jesus desperately to return. And the temptation, as we look at some of what's happening in the world, and we face the darkness, the temptation can be to wonder, is, is Jesus really on his throne? Does he care about what's happening? And we want to use this feeling of unresolved uh, order, this feeling of unresolved work. We know Christ has come, he has secured salvation, and yet our experience tells us something is unresolved. Something is left for Jesus to do. And we want to use that longing and that unresolved experience and push into it and realize that it's meant to point us to the return of Jesus. And that's what we're doing in Advent. That's the goal of Advent, is to really think about this experience, to really embrace it, and to allow this season before Christmas to form us. Because this is a posture that we need all year round, and we've needed it in 2020, to be sure. A people that are longing and waiting and desperately yearning for the return of Jesus Christ. That we're not satisfied with the darkness that we see in this world. We, we don't like this darkness and we want to see it done with. We want to see Jesus make all things new. That there is this yearning and this longing. But the challenge we face is to look at the darkness and to see it and to feel it, to engage it, because the temptation is going to be to pull away, to disengage, to isolate, because it's not, it's not easy to see the darkness in the world. It's been hard to hide from it this year because we've seen it all over the place. I can remember uh, the events that led to the killing of George Floyd. All of us can remember this and we'll remember it for the rest of our lives. But when the stories came out and there was a video footage of what had happened, I made a choice not to watch the footage. 
I, I, I knew what I was going to see and I didn't want to see it. I didn't want to feel it. And a couple days later at Mosaic, we had a, a call with a couple other pastors. Kyle Worley led a call with a couple other pastors talking about a multi-ethnic church. It was a really great call. And on that, we talked about George Floyd. And one of the pastors said something like this. He said, there's a part of me that wants people to look. There's a part of me that knows you need to look. You should look and see what's really happening here. And I took that as a nudge from the Lord, and I watched the footage. And it was brutal. It was devastating. It was worse than anything I was anticipating. But I had to face it in order to engage it. And this is true. If we are going to be a people that live out our calling to engage a dark world with light, we must be a people who have courage to face it and to be honest about what is actually happening. That disease is bad. Cancer is not a gift. Cancer is not good. COVID is the enemy. COVID is not good. Racism is evil. The loss that we've experienced this year is not good. It's not the way things are meant to be. And it's only until we face that darkness will we be able to really engage a dark world with the light. Because we, we see it, but we feel it. And we know it. And we can speak to it in a meaningful way. And we can bring the light of Jesus into it. Now, you might be thinking, I hear you, but the darkness is dark. The darkness is dark and I can't bear it. And I understand where you're coming from. Everywhere we've looked this year in 2020, there has been conflict, bickering, malice. There has been violence, racism, loss, disease. Even now, we're hearing these things. And sometimes we can feel it's too much to bear. And there's this temptation to pull away. But what God is inviting us into is this calling to be a people that engage a dark world with light. And it's going to require us to embrace this yearning, this longing, this discomfort, the, 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 the not, this feeling of waiting. It's not something that we choose. It's not something we like, especially in our world but it's something that we want to step into in Advent and we want to allow it to form us to be a people that are engaging a dark world with the light of Jesus because we are a people that are recognizing this is not okay. This darkness is not good and we need Jesus to come. We don't need 2021 to come. We need Jesus to come. And we do this together. That's the other thing that we want to remember is we do this together. We engage a dark world together as a family. If you remember what the woman said who was forgiving Dylan for these horrific, terrible crimes, she said, we are a family that love built. The love of God made us a family. 
And if we're a family, then we are going to engage this dark world together as brothers and sisters. And we need to take seriously the command to weep with those who weep. We need to be a people that come alongside those who are weeping and weep with them and feel with them and acknowledge that, hey, this darkness is not okay. This darkness is evil. It's fruit of the devil. And we look to the return of Jesus and hope there and long there and yearn for that day to come. And we draw strength from this eternal word of God who is victorious, who is the very light that we carry. And so see this season of Advent, it's really important uh, this year. When you think about all we've been through in 2020, it's a lot. We've been through a lot as a community, and it's so important. There's going to be a temptation to race through it, and you, you probably already feel that. There's going to be a temptation to get to Christmas and get to New Year's and get all this year behind us. But let me encourage you to lean in to this season, to really reflect on where we are in God's story and to think about what it means to be a people that are yearning and longing for the return of Jesus. Because we've been called in this time to engage a dark world with the light of Jesus. And that light comes from Jesus himself. We've got to stay connected to the word of God if we're going to be a people that are engaging a dark world with light. And there's a conflict going on. There's a battle, there's a war being waged right now between the light and the darkness. But we know that the light will not be overcome by the darkness. And we can have courage to face the darkness, to feel the darkness, and to engage it and speak to it in a redemptive way. This is our calling. And this is what John 1 is inviting us into to really embrace this calling to engage a dark world with the light. And one of the ways that we're really going to do that is by embracing this posture of yearning and longing for the return of Jesus.